What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Take Time Out with Trey Mosley. That would be me. And uh, today we have a young lady who is nestled, we'll say, uh, in, in in the Pacific Northwest. But don't let that fool you. Her voice is heard nationally, shoot, internationally. Um, promos, commercial, narration, you name it. Uh, matter of fact, take a listen to this. Outside you goes feet first, takes the hard route, gets up before the sun, and saves the best for last. Discover the outside version of yourself at REI. So run that by me again. Right. Low rates. Customized coverage. Got it. Crunchy serpents. Right. Customer service. That makes a lot more sense. Sorry. Still working on my emu. Ernest Hemingway wrote The Old Man in the Sea. Next Tuesday, investigating the death of a teenager leads to an unsuspected killer. Well, not stopped. Until you go down. Big Sky, Thursday, 10, 9 central on ABC. Explore. Come and get it. Learn. Inspire. I want this thing to be big. All here, all for you. Stream amazing content anytime on Discovery Plus. For one night, stories come to life. Movie lovers unite. And the Oscar goes to. The Oscars, live Sunday on ABC. Wherever Phil Rosenthal goes, you know the creator of Everybody Loves Raymond? Oh, he's all about the culture. This is my favorite thing. Who am I talking to, you? And the food. Somebody feed Phil. All season streaming on Netflix. For news. (laughs) We can go on and on. It would not be enough. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Debbie Harada is on the show. Thanks for having me, Trey. It's so oh, good to thank be here. You. Thank you so much. Um, so, how does one get into voiceover way over there in the <laughs> Pacific Northwest? You're not in mm. L.A., you're not in Chicago, you're not in New York, but rumor has it you've been doing this mm, quite some time, but just right there. So, Give us, give us, let's, let's go back to how you got into voiceover just in your own neck of the woods and then how it went from right there. And I'll let you tell people where you are to now you're all over the place. So where are you, Debbie? Well, you know, you taking this perspective of me gets at the essence of me and it's no one's ever asked that question before in in that way and to me it's a grounding principle of my whole career well i grew up in port angeles washington near the olympic national park and um when i was when it was time for college i was accepted at gonzaga university in spokane gonzags yeah and so I went, we went there. My mom was a single mom and was, and she was a single mom in the fifties. And that was a really challenging time for single women to take, you know, to, to get equal pay. I remember so much discrimination and equal pay, but that's a big part of my life story is I was so grateful. I got a full ride to go to Gonzaga and, 
So it was in my, my mom had bought a house, first house she was ever able to buy when we moved there. And for me, it was just a miracle that I was in going to this wonderful university. And in my senior year, I, I liked communications, but they were more like the theory of communications. And they finally, in my senior year, opened up the broadcast side of communications. And my, so I'm, and Spokane is really out there. It's really pretty, uh, you know, small town in the Northwest. But the NBC affiliate accepted me as. I didn't really have my eye on a career in voiceover. I really needed a job. I was working three other jobs. My mom's single mom, and I had to pay for books and things. So I went there, and I went as an intern. Three weeks into my internship, a woman quit, and my boss offered me her job. Wow. And it was a writer-producer for promos. Huh. So we're already setting the path. And I was 20 years old. Wow. And I mean, I was a good writer in school. And as a little girl, something I really, really loved, I loved just, this is how simplistic I was. I loved having pictures and voice and music telling a story together. As a little girl, I mean, I did the best I could by the, you know, and that's really producing. Mm-hmm. So I, I had, um, I used to get really good grades in English and in writing. So I, writing came easy to me. I had no experience in producing, none at all. And they showed me a little bit and I wrote some things and then I had to get the all male staff to record. They were, uh, the staff announcers were all men. And the person that I replaced, they were actually, they actually hated her. <laughs> Wow. The entire male staff. Was it because she was a woman? Yes, and a particular kind of personality. Wow. It, it was, and um, but a lot of it was a woman. And I inherited that. So my boss, I said, when, I, when I'm taking these back for the guys to do the voice on it, they're not doing it. You know, I'm 20 years old, and this is my job, and it has to get on the air. And he goes, well, go talk to the program director and tell him I sent you, and Tell him to teach you. You do it. I've never done this before. We'll go find out how. So there I was. Man, it was fire. (laughs) I mean, that entire year, I had so much fear in me. Mm. It was the year of fear. (laughs) And every fear I had, I made myself face it and do it even to the point of petting a snake. (laughs) I had so many fears. So I I just, when I went into the microphone, up to the microphone with this really experienced announcer, he was so calm. He had a personality a lot like yours and very calm and kind to me. And he said, here's the, you know, here's the copy. And I'd like you just to, Think of somebody telling you a story that you were really engaged with. And so I thought of my mom 
as a little girl reading me bedtime stories. She had a, had a beautiful voice and just I could just listen to her forever. So I had that in my mind and I read the copy. And he said, that's it. You got it. That's all you have to do. Hmm. And and be natural. Well, you know, there was a lot more to it than that. Of but course. that's that's what I did. And then they recorded me in the beginning. Then I learned to record my own things. And um, so that's how I first got into it. And I then, after I had been there for about a year in that position as a promo producer and writer, they elevated me to the full-time announcing staff. Again, no training. Now... I mean... None. Now, let me ask you this. So you went from, hey, I need a job to, hey, I got a job. To, hey, <laughs> I got a job that I don't know what I'm doing. And then the guys <laughs> that are there don't like that I'm doing the job. Exactly. And now you're the main person doing the job. <laughs> How does that happen? I know. That's truly what it was. Now, once you became the it girl, how did the fellas treat you then? Well, you know, just recently, I mean, I don't know if this shows how much self-awareness I had back then or I didn't think of it, but I think they were really out to get me. They wow. they, they made things really difficult. Like I, I used to co-host, um, no, I mean, in the Today Show, when they went to a local news break, mm-hmm. I was on camera. I'd never been on camera. And the camera light, when that comes on, it was like, you know, I don't know if it was 1.5 million. It was a small market. But there were more than two people in the in the room. <laughs> yeah. And so one time my earphone fell off on my shirt here. <laughs> and, wow. you know, if I was a pro, I would have just picked it up and put it back in. But I was so nervous. All the while in my other the produce, yeah. She did this time. Look what she wow. did that time. They were interrupting my newscast, and I had this really old teleprompter that was paper. <laughs> and I was, and I was just, and then this thing had fallen, and then I tried pulling it off, and it got stuck, and it was, it was. But they really did try to distract me and tried to make me fail. Hmm. But I didn't think of it like that. I don't know why I didn't think of it like that. I think you I just, were just focused. You, you, I, I was. I yeah, was. You, you were focused. You were put in a position. And I think sometimes, you know, we, uh, they, they say um, <clears throat> that you're given just enough because God knows what you can handle. And That's right. It's like, you know what? You got this. And right, you put Trey. yourself in a position to show them, well, I'll, I'll show y'all what I got. And and I think over time, I don't, and I don't know, this will be something you would know. Did, did they start to accept you or was it still friction? And how long were you at that station? I was at the station three and a half years. So, you know, I made it and it, um, but then here came the next thing, the next real object, um, objection I had to overcome. They put me 
because they had an AM and FM station and a TV station. They put me in a really weird time of day. I'm I'm in my 20s, you know, like started at 20. I went till I was 23 at that station. And um, I couldn't handle it. You know, I had no social life. I was by myself, kind of like what we experience now as independent VO artists were really isolated. I was isolated in a TV station. And with it was really not a good fit. And I just said, you know, I really, I can't physically, my circadian rhythm just cannot do this. Like, I think I went in at three o'clock and I got off at some weird hour in the morning. And I said, I, I can't do it. I have to have a different a different place and, and time to be working. Mm-hmm. So they didn't, so they didn't, um, they didn't find one for me. They didn't say like the answer's no, but meanwhile I went and I thought, well, I'm going to go back to college and get my P- my master's and PhD in communication in communications corp, you know, originally like where I was headed and I got accepted and so I told them, well, I, I applied and I got accepted and I could make more money doing retail cosmetics yeah. <laughs> at, a, at a department store. So I said, I have to quit because I got to make money for school. Yeah. And so I quit and I w- went to, uh, it was the Bon Marche at the time. I, did, I hated, I hated the job. I hated it. And actually one day the general manager of the station walked through the store and I was working and he he stopped and he backed and he, and he goes you can have your job back if you want it what? <laughs> he, did. he did and so but here meanwhile I'm praying Lord I'm doing my best my absolute best with everything I know I mean I really need some help down here this was the honest prayer I gotta have you something has to come out of the clear blue sky to give me direction. Cause otherwise I'm going to get my master's and PhD. Literally the next day I got a call from, um, a newsman who was working in Seattle and I'd gone to Gonzaga with him. Mm-hmm. His name is Greg Herschold. His grandfather happens to be Gene Herschold, who it's the Gene Herschold humanitarian awards for the Oscars. Oh, they wow. Were na- named after his grandfather. And I didn't know that Greg came from like this royalty in, in Hollywood. Yeah. He's just a really nice person and he was a good friend. And, um, he was a radio, um, he did the news. He said, um, yesterday, um, a guy, Lee Michaels was a program director and he was out camping in Winthrop, Washington. You're talking about the boonies, Trey. Okay. which is where I was living in Boonie land. Gotcha. And he was in these mountains and this was a long time ago. So the, he said, he heard your last newscast and he wants to hire you as a news director for KISW. Uh, well, look at that. I know. And I went, okay, God, if that's what you want me to do. So they, I, I don't even think I had flown on a plane before. And so they, you know, flew me over for the interview and I got the job. I knew nothing. 
(laughs) (laughs) about being a news director. But I I did do some some things with I knew how to write and I knew Mm -hmm. how to write stories. So um, I was lined up with a really great, great mentor. His name was Terry McDonald. And he was really helpful to me. And he was the main engineer of the show. And then I had, so I did morning drive. And then um, I had a full six hour board shift on weekend, on Sunday. I'd never done that before, like queuing up records and everything. <laughs> wow. I, I'd never done done that. And I was always so nervous. And again, they just threw me in there and threw me on the air and, and that worked for about another three years. And, um, I, I ended up leaving for different reasons. My mom needed my help back in Spokane, but I was then living in Seattle, Mm -hmm. which to me was big city. (laughs) Oh yeah. But, but really in the world of entertainment, they, they think of Seattle as like Alaska or somewhere just really? so remo- so remote, like you're not part of the mainstream at all. Hmm. Relied on my faith in God, and and he had he really really helped me. So when so I went back to Spokane, and I really didn't want to, but my I couldn't turn. I had to help my mom, so I went back, and then. Um, I I was thinking about what do I want to do? And so I called the Small Business Administration and I said, do you have anybody there that could help me? And I told them my interest. And so they sent this man to me and he was in his 70s, his name Walter McLean. And he goes, it sounds like you want to own your own advertising agency. I said, it does? <laughs> and he goes, he said, well, you know, I've got three really young guys. They're real creative and and um, they would probably like, he says, I'll recommend you to go on as an intern. So yeah. I went to this advertising agency and I loved advertising. I mean, I really liked advertising in school and I liked, I loved working as, as I worked as a writer producer for them there. And then I was promoted to creative direct, assistant creative director. And so I did that for a, a while and then they lost a lot of accounts like they do in agencies and then you're unemployed again. Mm-hmm. So I went to work for another major. This was a big agency. It covered a lot of important clients and accounts. And um, I worked for them for, as a writer producer. But all the time, all during that time, I still was able to go into a studio to do voiceover. So anyway, I learned so much at being in, at an advertising agency, right? I mean, so you were just adding tools to the toolbox from this at this point. That's what was happening, and so then that agency got a lot of people were laid off, and I thought I don't want to get stuck in Spokane. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I I don't, and so I better figure out what I want to do and go for it. But as life would have it, I ran into a person who was one of the other three female interns that year that I went. Mm -hmm. And she went to work for Xerox afterwards. And she was driving a 
Portia and lived in a brand new house. And Excuse me. <laughs> and, you know, in her 20s. And um, I ran into her and she said, I always thought you would be good in sales. <laughs> it's like, I act like, I go, really? <laughs> so she worked for Xerox Corporation and she said, come, come to my office. I want to talk to you about it. So we, we were friends and she, I talked to her. And bottom line, she had someone in Tacoma that soup that was looking for someone to handle a particular territory. Yeah. So she referred me to her and I flew over over and I had an interview with them and they hired me to guess what the territory was Port Angeles, where I grew up. Wow. And where my mother was, my mom, my mother was really involved with democratic politics. Mm -hmm. So they knew my family, they knew my mother and the guy I was replacing, you know, he was a three piece suit guy with a tie. Company man, huh? Yeah. And about, he was six foot eight and he, he wasn't making a lot of deals, but he covered a lot of territory. Sure. So when I came in, they knew me. And they signed the deal. <laughs> he had set up unknowingly. There were all these accounts set up, ready to close. So I came came in and I closed them. Four hundred seventeen percent over budget. What? Five hundred percent over budget every month in like this huge clallum in Jefferson County territory. So I gotta ask, did you get a Porsche? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I if you a- out here doing it like that, yeah. A Mercedes. Oh, oh. excuse <laughs> me. Let's go. If you're going to do it, do it yeah. right. Okay. I, you know what? And Xerox was, is an international company, and I yeah. loved it. it. It was so diverse. They they hired a lot of football players there. Mm-hmm. And there was like, this is like in the 80s. And diversity wasn't a big thing, but I loved diversity, and I did. I just loved loved working there. But um, some of their their um, practices, I didn't find uh, like I had to make a decision: Do I want to stay here with this, and this is going to be my career? What do I really want to do? So I humbly went back to on camera and voiceover, mm-hmm. and I went out on a leap. That's all I was going to do. So that's when you made the jump. Back into, but during that time and that, 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 um, seven, eight years, I really got a lot of skills. I got a lot of skills with advertising and writing and producing and, um, working in a, in a radio station as a news director. And I will say, say I tripled ratings, um, because when I was in Spokane, when I went back to Spokane, the people that knew me there, they go, well, let's see how she did in the ratings. And I, he said, well, you tripled them because they went back when you were gone. I went back. Wow. We have a word for that, us, uh, uh, us younger folk. We call that a flex. <laughs> that's, that's when you show your muscles and you, you, you're flexing right now, Debbie. You're flexing yeah. right now. So let's, let's just, let's, let's, uh, let's regroup. Let's recap. Yeah. So Port Angeles is on. Yeah. Goes off, pisses a few suits off at the station. You say, I'll show you. <laughs> and then you show them. But then you say, you know what? I'm young and I want to do young people stuff. So I'm out of here. 
then someone else says, but I think we could use you. And you can, they keep pulling me back in. So they pull you back in. <laughs> and then you get pulled away again. And you do sales. And you get your benzo. And then you're like, you know what? Is pulling me back in. So now you stare at the abyss and you close your eyes and you take the leap full time. Take us from there. Well, okay. Um, first of all, in those days, um, first a shout out to Steve Lawson, who had Steve Lawson Productions. He's in still in the VO community. He's a great guy, a, a dominant force in, in Seattle. Um, here's here's one of the first things that happened, though. It was a rainy day in Seattle. I was at Tower Records. I was at Tower Records looking at the Frank Sinatra albums. <laughs> and across on the other side, someone went, Debbie? And I looked up and it was a person named Dick Korsinski. I said, Dick? And he was a first director. He was my age. He went to Washington State University. And he was a director at the TV station. And I run into him in a record store. And now he's the GM of the ABC affiliate. What? And he goes, are you still doing voice work and on camera stuff? I said, I just, I just made a decision to go in full time. And I said, but I'm not sure what he goes, what to do. He goes, well, you got your reels, you know, reels is yes. what it was. It wasn't because it was reels. I understand. Take all your reels to Steve Lawson. He'll put together a demo for you. And then he has a list of people that you can take the demo to. I said, really? And he goes, yeah. So I did that. And then he said, and, and let me have a copy of your demo. So I went and did that. And the first person on the list, it was Allied Stores, which was um, the Bon Marche. And I, I booked a mattress commercial, an on-camera mattress commercial. I was pulling sheets off of stacks of king beds. <laughs> Kings, you know, queens, double, and twin. Twenty one ninety nine ninety nine, and so that was the first thing I did. And then I start he hired he started hiring me more and more. I worked really well with this director, mm -hmm. and um, so then he said to me, "And by the way, my maiden name was D E W A R, like the Scott Dewar. Dewar. My name was Debbie Dewar. <laughs> I mean, how I, apropos is that? Because you are." <laughs> <laughs> and you have been, and you continue to do, because you're a doer. Okay. You can't make, so, this is a Hollywood story, but please continue. No, <laughs> it's so easy to talk to you. Um, yeah. So he said, well, doer, uh, we're going to, we're, we're going to hire a full-time spokesperson. I just want you to know we're looking in New York and LA but I'll give you a shot. And I said, Oh, thank you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, kind of laughed because he was a good friend and not really like whatever was to be would be. I ended up getting hired and it was all these focus groups. They do because it was really coming out of New York. Mm -hmm. Every single, every single retail ad I did, 
was measured for sales. So they hired me and I that I was in that position for seven years. And and I also wrote and produced for them and I did all their radio, all their industrial and all of their TV. And at double scale. What? I was I had an agent. She wouldn't let me back this was back then. She wouldn't let me go into a studio for anything for under a thousand dollars. And she said everything is double scale. So bless, bless her, wherever she I is. I know now. she is, and she will see this because she will see this because I will tell her about it. One of the best agents. <laughs> One of the best agents I've ever had. And that's what everybody who was represented by her has said. Um, yeah, so I I was doing really well, but there was a big, you know, gap during my day when we weren't filming or yeah. things. So I, I had sold four uh, copiers to a commercial real estate company. And um, when I, the guy from that company called me and he goes, you know, I really want to hire you. Would you like, you know, I want to hire you. I said, well, I could only do it part time. And he goes, okay. Well, so I went there and I worked and, um, I was a runner for a, you know, I was working on, I was a runner for this up and coming real estate agent who became my husband. <laughs> oh, now we get it. Dude. I, was, I, was, I was trying to build that up to how that happened, but you've already set the table. So, um, yeah, continue. So, so we worked really well together. I mean, it was just a matter of professional working. Mm-hmm. And we worked really well together and I could still do my stuff. But then um, a time came when I was going to leave and I left the company. And so then later on, he asked me for a date. And then now we've been married almost 40 years. Happily I mean, married. I, where where and, did you go from there? I know. Well, two little babies came later (laughs) (laughs) and, and, um, but I could always, and my mom was so nice. She helped me with the kids so I could run into the studio and record and come back home and be a full-time mom. It was the perfect, perfect job for me. And I just loved it. And in those, you know, days there weren't really a lot, a lot of women, women, on the air. So a lot of different kinds of work came to me mm-hmm. and they weren't anything I studied. There, there wasn't, you know, we didn't have these workout groups. There were no workout groups. There was no internet. So I just had to take the copy and do the best that I could for their things. And I continued to get hired. So I'm going to bring this in to make it more current for today. I, I, um, I've always done voiceover then ever since I left and I said I'm going to do that full time. Raising my kids was my first priority and I got very involved with schools and fundraising for schools and I actually even founded a middle school, an independent wow. middle school. And I was still doing voiceover and then um I'm just I remember Microsoft broke the union in the Seattle market. And all of these national companies that were located in Seattle were hiring non-union. Mm. And, and back then, I had to be working 
to stay current. I didn't have a booth where I could come down and practice or go to a workout group. I had to be doing the work. So it 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 was like working to continue to work and then I'm not getting and then then I said to the person the nice person who beautiful Carol I said I I've got to be able to go out and do FICOR work. And I was crying. Mm. I said, because I, I have to work to be able to stay current. And um, and no, because the work was coming in. Yeah. And then she eventually um, dissolved her agency and had wow. them merge with another agency. Okay. And so then I needed... And I, w- I went with another agency and then I realized I need seven agencies to get any work. So let's, let's, um, let's so go I went here. regional. Right. So that was my question. So things are starting to, we don't want to say dry up in, in, in the Pacific Northwest, but <laughs> there, were, there was a, there was a shift. We'll go yeah. there. How do you now, because like you said, there's no internet, I can't pick up a phone and look you up. How are you marketing yourself with the help of, of your agent? How are you getting the name Debbie? Well, no longer do her Harada out there. <laughs> how, 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 are, how are people getting to know who you are? Um, pre WWW. Okay. It was a slow process, but um, I had one agent in Seattle that um, and I worked really well with him and he was able to get me more jobs and he was connected and he was sort of friends with Stephen Black who owns the talent group and they're in Cincinnati uh, they're in um, oh, Cleveland hey, Cleveland and, yeah I'm with in Cleveland yeah and Stephen, one day Stephen Black was there in person. And he was just a really nice guy. And he said, well, I want to I wanna sign you. And he was a huge help to my career. Stephen Black was. And then I, I think, I don't really, so I know I got seven regional agents to, and, but then there came a point, there came a point where I was spending more money than I was bringing in and it was not a sustainable business because you have to get, and I almost left, I almost left the business. In 2008, my mom passed away. Mm. And up until that time, I was caring for her for three years. I mean, a real, it was misdiagnosis, brain surgeries and all kinds of things. It was really extremely stressful. Sure. So I was working, I had a contract with KCTS, the public television station locally here. And so I would do things. And they said, the day my mom died, they made me go into this one producer at that studio, made me go in to record. And I did it. And I came out and I was sitting with my friend and I, in the, in the, um, who was the manager at the studio. And I said, I don't know if I can do this anymore because those three years now, everybody has a home school, a home studio. And 
I don't know about how to do, have a home studio and build that up. And she, she said to me, um, I would be really sad if you did get out of the business. Oh, and it was so sincere. And she's my best friend. And I said, really? And she said, I would. And I, so I said right then and there for you, Wendy, it's Wendy Wills. She runs bad animal studio. I will do it. And so I did. And I went and got, I had my, this room we're sitting in. It wasn't mm-hmm. finished. It wasn't finished. It was just bare bones. Yeah. And I had racks of clothes <laughs> around. And my son, um, he was, he's, you know, he was really savvy in tech. And he became my engineer. And I, I had him trained on Pro Tools. Wow. And I... And, and I had uh, some, I forget who, who set the equipment up. It's just a miracle that I just got through it all as I look back over it. And so he was a great engineer and that's where I started with my home studio. And then, um, yeah, I just... I made it work. I made it work. And I had to learn certain things and the things that I didn't know how to do. I, I'd hire my son and I could hire him as an employee. He, he's an art. He was an artist and he really did need a job in medical coverage. So <laughs> I hired him all legal and um, he was truly my engineer. And then he said, I'm going to New York, mom. Just I'm not going to be your Uh-oh. engineer for the rest of my life. The birds are leaving the nest. (laughs) So then I, for a while, I hired uh, people to come in and help me with the engineering side of it. Mm -hmm. And um, that worked out fine. And finally, I had a, I had a really one other engineer that was with me for about, about two years. But then I realized I have to learn how to do this. And so I learned how I went to school for, to learn how pro tools to a little recording com- uh, recording school. And another miracle, and I, I told the woman who owned the school, I'm really nervous because engineering is really not my thing. I mean, and I think I might be unteachable. <laughs> yeah. she, goes, she goes, don't worry. The teacher that you'll be working with has patience and he's really skilled and even if you're the only person in class, I promise you, you will get, you will learn what you need to learn. And I said, thank you. As it turned out, a lot of people had dropped out of the class and because it was near like Memorial Day weekend. Don't tell me you were the only person in there. <laughs> the only person in the class. <laughs> they were, and so... So anyway, and so I would be like raising my hand, like teacher, I don't. And the first, you know, I don't understand that. <laughs> he was standing there like it was a lecture to 400 people. And then I was like, this. wow, he was so patient and he you helped know. me. And he goes, well, you're not going to get certified in Pro Tools. <laughs> but you're going to know what you need to know. You probably know more than me because I, I just look at it like this. I well now I know who to call when I need some Pro Tools help. <laughs> so um, 
I will send you the invoice. So <laughs> we're about to uh, wrap up shortly. I'm sorry uh, I took so long. No, no, no. This is great because I, I think, you know, a lot of the people that I talk to, um, they're coming up in the age where you can press a button and your demo's done. You can press a button and you can send your demos out. I think this is important for for folks in the now to know how it was back then. We Thank we're kind of we're kind of we're kind of spoiled. You guys had to send reels, and my my uncle used to work at a news station, so I know oh I know the reels. You know, yeah, those big magnetic reels that you have to, <laughs> and you know you have to fed, FedEx it and hope it gets there the next day. I yeah I, I know because I was around that, but yeah you know to to go from and and realistically you're you're a pioneer in this business because you started from the days of you know tape like magnetic tape and right. then cassette tape and then CD and now MP3 and then really you can just click on your site and just stream the demo so you've gone through every generation of a voiceover and I, I think it's cool that um you know, for one, that you're still doing it. You know, I know a lot of people, because um, you're around my, my mom's age, and I won't put your age out there, but, um, <laughs> you know, they deal with ageism. Yeah. Uh, they deal with feminism um, and, and every other fill-in-the-blank-ism. Yeah. And through it all, you're still doing with, from what it sounds like, you were meant to do. Like, anytime you tried to get out, that hook in that right. reel was like, nope, come on back. So um, I just want to say that it's you are a, a true testament to our industry uh, with resilience and perseverance. And and some things are just meant to be. And uh, I can truly say that your your career and what you've been doing, it is it, meant to be. So... Trey, that you just really touched my heart at the deepest level. You have the ability, this wisdom, you can quickly articulate a huge long thought into something that's just golden and, and easy to understand. And that is really and truly what drives me is I was, I do feel chosen I wouldn't have said that like the way that you put it, but that it was meant to be. I mean, this is, I always would pray um, to discern, is this the way you want me to go, God, or this way? And through all of those things, now it's here. That's the nicest compliment you could have given me. Oh. That it was meant to be. You know, I I, I used to, uh, speaking of TV commercials and promos, Back in Miami, there was a commercial, and the guy used to always say, "Well, it ain't bragging when it's true," and oh. it ain't bragging when it's true. So I, um, no, I you, love you, Trey. You you are uh, what we call a real one. You are a real one for sure. Um, so, with that being said, well, two things. One, where's the bins now? <laughs> well, it's a little bit n- newer. Uh oh, sitting in my driveway. Talk your talk, mama. Let's go. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. 
Yeah, my husband said the other day, uh, you can let it out, you know. This isn't a car for a little old lady. <laughs> hey, now. That's right. Get out there and, and give it a little mm, on the road yeah. real quick. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so before we close, I have a segment that uh, I'm going to be implementing into the show. And yeah. it's where I ask you, dear host, well, guest, um, if you're not doing VO, what do you do to take time out for yourself? Hmm. Well, one thing I really like is one thing I love is a clean, orderly home and space. Oh, well, so come the, to my studio then. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, yeah, that's why. Well, mine gets all messy, but then I always like to clean house, and it's really therapeutic for me. And then after that's in order, mm-hmm. I go for walks in this in this little neck of the woods. There's a beautiful park, um, and we're like six blocks from the Puget Sound, oh. and so. I go for long walks there and uh, on Alki and um, I, I love to go to the spa <laughs> and I really like, I really, I was raised a Catholic and I really like going to mass for my spirituality. I go sure. to like date morning mass during the week. I really love that. And in every morning I start my day with coffee on our front porch and there's a little um, peak of Kaboo view over to of the Puget Sound and the Olympic Mountains, and that's where I grew up. So it, I really like to reconnect with that Close all to the home. time. Yeah, that's cool. That's real cool. Well, you know I love you, Debbie. Uh, same here, Trey. Uh, You're a special one. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for. Uh, taking time out to talk with us and um, where can the good folks find you out here on these uh, interwebs? <laughs> um, my website is Debbie, D-E-B-B-E, Hirata, H-I-R-A-T-A dot com. And take a look now because the first of the year, there's going to be some new stuff. Oh, my. That's my next project. Making changes. Okay. <laughs> um, do you have Instagram or, or why not you got oh, Facebook? Well, yeah, Instagram. Everything's just Debbie. In, on Instagram, it's all lowercase, Debbie Harada. That's it. Gotcha. And um, you'll see a lot of pictures of my neighborhood where I walk and <laughs> a bunch of other stuff. And word on the street is someone's about to be a first time Grammy. <laughs> I'm How glad you, f- you said said Grammy instead of Granny. No, 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 no. How does that yeah. feel? Oh my gosh. <laughs> we are so excited. We are so excited. My daughter's having her first baby. It's a little girl, and her due date is November 15th. Really? So yes. the clock is a ticking. It is. Cool. Very, very cool. So well, I, um, I just am really excited about that. As you should. 
just in time for the holidays, too. I know. Oh, she's going to be spoiled by New Year's. I can already tell. <laughs> poor girl. Poor, poor girl. Well, <laughs> we are going to wrap it up, y'all. Uh, again, thanks to uh, one of the, the, the true pioneers of, of our business. Uh, oh. The great and talented Miss Debbie Harada. Trey Mosley, you honor me and you've made my day. Oh. And you put a cherry on top of my career. Well, I'm just trying to I'm, you know, I'm I'm ascending, but you you are at heights that most of us dream about uh attaining. And um we just thank you for, oh. for, for being you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your honesty and purity. Uh, talking about our craft, um, you know, we as voice actors, we stay behind the curtain so much that I just thank you for, you know, stepping out for a moment and 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 telling your story. Um, what would you like to say to any aspiring young ladies who may be dealing with some of the things you've dealt with because it hasn't really gone away? Um, what would you say to them? If you're following your heart and it's something you really want to do, never, ever, ever give up. And that will create a grit within you that will take you right where you are meant to be. I think we can end it right there, yo. Yeah. Thanks for watching. Take time out with Trey Mosley. That's Debbie Harada. Ah, thanks, and, uh, Trey. We are gone. Thanks for listening to the Take Time Out with Trey Mosley podcast, part of the Titan Media Network. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, or wherever you get your podcast. To see the video version of this, you can find us on YouTube on the Take Time Out with Trey Mosley YouTube page. Thanks for listening, or thanks for watching. Either way, we'll see you next time.